morning and welcome to Alive Family Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, you guys glad you came to church this morning? Come on. Man, it's so good to be in God's presence together, both here in person. Welcome. We're so glad you guys are here with us and anybody who's joining us online this morning as well. We are glad to have you guys with us here. We are in the kind of near the tail end of our October series here that we've titled What's Next, right? Uh, this is week four of our series, and uh, we've been kind of asking that question all month, like, Lord, what's next? What's next for us personally in our walk with the Lord? What's next for us corporately as a body of believers that we call Alive Family Church? And what do you have in store for us? And man, it's been a fun journey so far. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far this month, learning and growing in our purpose, right? The other cool thing is, hey, next Sunday, do not miss next Sunday. We're, Eric and I are going to be up here together sharing. Uh, we're going to have a vision Sunday. So we're really excited to kind of cast some vision for where we're heading as a church for the next year. All the fun transitions between this building and next and the next season of ministry and what it's going to take to really lean into what the Lord we feel is calling us to be and do as a church community. So make plans for that. But in case you missed any week's in our series this month. I want to kind of catch us all up to speed real quick. Week one was growth, right? We, we, we learned in week one that we are all called to grow, right? Grow and do, Jesus grew, right? We see in Luke chapter 2, 52, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man, right? And if Jesus grew, how many of you guys know we are called to grow too, right? We're called to be like him. And uh, we also have been revealing this whole month just other opportunities to grow. We want to, as leaders, as pastors, create space for us to grow and have things here at the church, even outside of Sunday morning experiences that uh, allow us to grow in our faith. And the big thing that we announced this month, if you have not heard of it yet, it is Growth Track. We believe that we all have different steps to take in growth. Growth Track is our one next step here at Alive. If you've not taken Growth Track yet, what are you waiting for, right? It's time to do it and, and go through it. But uh, we've also revamped and brought back our first Sunday nights of prayer and worship. So every first Sunday night of the month, from 6 to 7, we're in here for worship and in prayer. Uh, we have something new that we launched every third Sunday night of the month. Last, thir last Sunday night was our first leadership lean-in. And so now we can not only grow in worship and prayer, but just natural. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, right? He grew in favor and influence with man to sharpen things. How can we be a better Christian in our sphere of influence at home, in our marriages, at our workplaces? And what can we lean into together? And so those are going to be really great times as well. And then we also have our Bible basics classes that we do every, every uh, kind of three times a year. And um, we also have crews, obviously. And crews are rocking right now. Anybody in a crew right now loving their crew? We got pickleball cruise. We got girls cruise, ladies cruise, cruise all over the place. Uh, life is more fun with your crew, so get in community, right? Uh, the past two weeks, though, however, Pastor Erica has brought it, and man, it, they've been so phenomenal. She's helped us lean into our purpose. Everybody say purpose. Purpose is powerful, right? Week two was the reason why we exist, right? We discovered that, hey, discovering our purpose is really important in life, right? And we've been talking all month. One of our mentors says, hey, the two most important days in your life are, number one, the day you were born, and number two, the day you discover why you're born, right? That your purpose. Why are you here on earth taking up space and sucking in oxygen? Why has God put you in the sphere of influence that he has? What has he gifted you with? That is a powerful day. And, and uh, we've been walking through this uh, epistle prayer, this prayer in Ephesians for saints, for believers in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 17 through 19 in the message. I want to read this again because this is just really powerful. I've been chewing on this. Paul says, I ask, ask the God of our master Jesus Christ, the God of glory to make you intelligent 
and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength, right? And we've talked all month that, hey, our primary purpose is to know God, right? To know God personally and be loved by him, right? Just simply, God wants a personal relationship with us. He's not about religion. He is so much about a personal relationship. The secondary purpose that we all have is to make Jesus known to others, right? To share the good news, to, to make disciples, right? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that extension of our purpose today as we go through. Uh, but that was, that was uh, uh, week two, and that was really powerful. But uh, week three, last week, have you heard of her, right? We talked about him, and his name is her. Does that mess with anybody? Like, like her is a guy, <laughs> A little confusing, but man, really good. It was so good because how many of you guys know so many of us, we find out or we discover our gifts and we, we get our purpose or God gives us a little glimpse and we don't like our purpose or we don't think our purpose makes sense or it makes any difference or that it's any, of any value or worth, right? And man, we saw through the example of her that don't minimize God's purpose in your life. Don't underestimate or undervalue the power of your purpose, right? Her, we looked at her, he leaned into being an arm holder for Moses, right? Not a really glamorous, uh, you know, insta-worthy kind of role there. However, if he did not hold up Moses' hands, Joshua and the battle uh, that was going on against the Amalekites would not have prevailed, and that was a very crucial battle. And so his purpose mattered. We learned some great lessons from her. Number one, we trust God and value the calling even when it doesn't seem exciting, we learned that we trust God and value our purpose even when no one praises it, even when no one even acknowledges it, right? And we trust God in the fruit of our obedience even when it comes after our lifetime. And so that leads us up to where we're at today. We've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. We've been on this journey. But how many of you guys know there's still more that I believe God wants to download to us, right? What's next? Let's ask that question again today. So we got all that. What's next? And I'm here to tell you on behalf of the Lord today that God wants you to do something with your purpose. Amen. He wants you to make a difference with your purpose. Amen. God didn't create you on purpose for a purpose for you to sit on it and not do anything. Amen. He created you on purpose for a purpose to work that purpose, to use those gifts, to use those talents, to use that influence, to make disciples, to make a difference in the world around us, right? God has given you a purpose. That's awesome. But if we just stop there, that's, there's danger in that because he didn't give it to you just to be like, cool, I'm awesome, I have purpose. He gave it to us, one, so that we can be fulfilled to lean into that purpose, to work that purpose, to, to do something with it. So we're going to explore this thought a little bit deeper today in a message that I've titled, Work That Purpose. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, work that purpose. Go ahead and work it, all right? We're going to work it today. God desires for you and I to do something with the purpose he's given us, to use the gifts we've been given to make an eternal Impact And so let's go to the Lord in prayer as we prepare our hearts and our minds today to receive from him. Father, we love you so much. We thank you that there's so much more next. When we ask the question, what's next? You're like, oh man, I can't wait. And so today, Lord, we pray for open hearts and open minds to receive 
from heaven today, what you have for us. Lord, thank you for continually revealing and making more clear your purpose for us individually. I thank you you're doing this corporately well as well for the church, Lord God. And I pray that, Lord, you'd give us the unction and the challenge today to do something with our purpose, to work our purpose and what that looks like in our lives. Lord, we love you so much, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. Amen. So it's time to get to work, right? If we're going to work our purpose, it's time to get to work, to learn how to work our purpose. And we're going to jump right in today. I got two thoughts today that we're really going to camp out on today that I believe the Lord wants us all to leave with today. The first one is this, number one, your purpose will pull you towards people. Everybody say people. Your purpose is tied to people. Your purpose is connected to other people people. This is so important. If we're going to work our purpose and be effective in what God has given us, we have to understand that it has a tentacle attached to other people. We live in a very me, 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 selfie, selfie, selfish generation, very narcissistic culture that we live in. So it's easy for us to get our purpose, to realize how amazing and gifted we are and not do a darn thing with it. That's the temptation. The enemy's like, if I can't get you not to be a Christian and not go to church, I'm just going to like shut you down and paralyze you in your purpose. I'm just going to make you not do anything with it. And so he wins in the end because there's so many people on the other end of our purpose, right? And so our purpose is connected, right? God created us to connect with people. That's how he wired it. That's how he created things to work. It was not good that man should be alone. The relationships, life change happens in the context of relationships, right? He gave us gifts to walk out that purpose. And on the other end of that purpose is people. I love what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. By the Holy Spirit, Paul says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. I got gifts. Awesome. God says, use them. Amen? Like, use them. And then I, I love, he says, work that purpose. Like, Eric Giso translation, all right? Work that purpose. Work it. Work that purpose. Do something with it. It doesn't mean you don't have to be perfect, and yes, you're going to fail in it, and, and all that God's grace and mercy will help you. But man, take a step of faith and do something with the purpose. Amen? I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Peter kind of echoes this and adds a little bit more to it. It says, God has given each of you a gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So again, Paul says, use them. Peter says, Use them, right? And Peter takes the one for it. Use them not just for yourself and for your glory and for your awesome and for your platform and for your fellowship and for your blessing, but no, use them to help influence others. God says, use them to affect people, right? Are you guys following me here? So God calls us in his word to do something. In both of these verses, we see the words, use them, right? And if I could just pause for a second here, because we like to say it this way, and I, I feel like there's somebody here online, there's somebody here in person, there's somebody, there's some buddies that just, we can't hear this enough. And we like to say it here at Alive this way, there is gold in you. There is gold on the inside of you. And that doesn't mean like, like those cheesy infomercial commercials where like, hey, invest in gold. Like I'm not talking about that kind of gold, all right? There is gold, like gifts, passion, talent, 
anointing, blessing, intellect, wisdom, passion, excitement on the inside of you. A specific one that God has given to you. He has, God has put gold in you, not just for you, but for others. Amen? And our job not only is to discover that and mine that, but also to then begin to use that to make an impact in the world around us. And just a side note, if you're like, I don't know what my gold is, I'm still searching for the gold. Hey, there's no shame in the game. But if, if you've heard it once, you've heard it four times already this month. If you've not started and embarked on the journey of taking Growth Track here to live, we're not doing this just to make us feel good to have something here. We're, growth Track was birthed from the Lord. It took a year and a half to birth. And we really believe it will help you connect with your divinely incentive plan, plan, uh, sense of purpose that God has put in you. He will help you. It will help you. It's a tool to point you towards the gold that is in you. Step one is make it home. We believe that having the right soil and being planted in the right soil in the right environment will help you grow like it promises in Psalm 92, right? Step one is that. Step two is discover your design. Find out that gold. Find the gold that's in you, right? And in step two, you take a spiritual gifts assessment and a personality profile. You learn a lot about yourself. You figure out where that gold is and what that gold is and, and why God made you the way he made you. Both step one and step two, we try to make it really easy because we know we live in a go, go, go culture, all these crazy things. It's hard to get everybody here at one place and have come out physical to the church. Step one and step two are both online. You can literally take them this afternoon. Step one is 30 minutes. The next time you want pop some popcorn tonight, turn it on, throw it from your phone to your big screen TV and say, I'm going to take step one. I'm going to make it home today. You know what I'm saying? Maybe tomorrow night, like, you know what? Forget the Netflix, right? I'm going to turn on. I'm going to take a spiritual gift assessment. I'm going to learn about myself. Like, literally in two days, you can be, like, done through two steps of growth track. And step three is the one that's in person every third Sunday of the month. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you have not started growth track, you've got a couple weeks here. I would love to see many more at November 20th, step three. That, hey, I've been through these step one and step two, and I want to connect. I want to use my purpose. I want to work that purpose, not just learn about it. Amen? And so for some of you, hey, you might be asking, what's next? Simply saying, you know what? I'm going to give this growth track thing a try. I, 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 there's no money involved. It's free, but money, money back guarantee on it, all right? If it, if it ruins your life, then come tell me. Write a nasty email. Send it to me, all right? And we'll pray about tweaking it. But if it blesses you, if it helps you, it helps you discover gold, then praise God, that's a win, amen? And it points us in the right direction. But discovering our purpose and our gifts, as we've talked about already, is so important. I hope you've caught that this month. But just doing that isn't enough when it comes to the full counsel of God's plan and will for our life. We want to be careful to fall into the trap, like I just mentioned earlier, of locating and discovering our gifts, but not actually doing anything with them, not going anywhere with them, right? This can become very selfish, right? not making any difference in the lives of others. And guys, I was, I, I was writing, as I was preparing for this message this week, I was reflecting on how that would look in my own life. Right? I'm going to point the finger back at myself here. I'll be really transparent. What if I only discovered my gifts or my purpose, but didn't do anything with it? How one-dimensional, how jacked up, how dysfunctional that would be. Uh, you know, I'm called by God to be a pastor, to, to make disciples, to help equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to, to preach the gospel and the good news. Amen. That's what God has called me to. I've got scripture and verse, and I've got confirmations from the Lord from that. And that's all great and dandy, helping people know God personally and living for him passionately. That's awesome. But what if I discovered that gift and I didn't do anything with it? 
I was like, dang, that's, that stinks. Like, what if I, what if I, like, scenarios here. What if I didn't work my purpose? So, so, so God comes to me and says, hey, I want you to love my people. And I'm like, nah, I don't like people. You're a pastor. <laughs> so you're called to do is love people, call, shepherd people, right? No, I don't like people. God says, hey, I want you to preach and teach my word regularly, right, to help people along in their spiritual journey. I'm like, nah, I, I'm not digging. I'm going to stay at home and watch Michael Jordan highlights. That's what I want to do. That's my purpose. It's a pretty fun thing to do, but it's not my purpose. Amen? God says, I want you to pray for somebody or help them get through some situation. No, I don't really know how to pray that well. I don't, I'm not feeling it. And then I, as I was reflecting, it really got me, kind of worked up this week. Five and a half years ago, God says, I want you to leave your comfort zone and everything you know in Kalamazoo and, and come back over here to the east side and, and start a brand new church called the Life Family Church and there's no guarantee of success. And, and what, what, if, what if I would have said, that sounds too crazy, that's, that's too hard. Again, I'm not trying to make this about me, but put yourself in those shoes. When you discover your purpose and your gifts, but you don't do anything with it, that's sad on both sides. It, it, it hurts me. But oh my gosh, the people that I'm called to influence with those gifts are suffering too because if I don't step in to that pocket, if I don't step up and make a play and make that and work that purpose, everybody else is affected. Do you see how that is? And so we don't want to be like a church that knows how we're gifted and we know we have gold. We're like, woohoo, but we don't do anything with it. God's not trying to make a bunch of those. He's trying to make disciples that spread his love, share his love, help make a difference with the gifts we're singing, it's your breath in my lungs. We live in on borrowed breath. If we're still breathing and taking up space, it's because God is allowing us to be alive for such a time as this. And if you're here today, you have purpose. If you don't know what that purpose is, take growth track, help us out, pray it out. God will reveal it. He's not trying to play keep away with his plan for your life. He's a good father. He's like, I want my kids to know what I want them to do. Amen? <laughs> so we got to make sure our perspective of the Father is good. But man, I just get worked up. Um, man, how unfulfilled would we be if we have all these gifts and purpose, but we don't do anything with them? Because life really comes alive. Life really gets fun when you begin to work your purpose. Someone turn to your neighbor again and say, work your purpose. Work that purpose, right? Your God-given purpose will always pull you towards people. Well, I'm an introvert. It'll pull you towards people. I'm an extrovert. Yep, He'll, he might pull you away from people and stop talking for a second, but like he's going to pull you towards people. Amen. Don't be afraid of people. God wants us to intersect with people. Amen. Our purpose isn't to sit on. Don't let it be an egg that you're trying to hatch. Amen. Just start doing something with it. Start doing a little, take a little step of obedience and faith. Start serving somewhere. Start, start blessing somebody. Start leaning into that purpose that God's given you. Uh, a quote from one of our mentors, Pastor Chris Hodges. Uh, I love this. This is really challenging. He said this in one of his books I read recently. He said, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. But the meaning of life is to give your gift away. I was like, ooh, that's really good. Because like, we've we got to discover why, why we're here, how we're gifted, what our purpose is. But if we just stop there, we're not truly living. There's not truly meaning in that, right? The real meaning of life is when we begin to work that purpose to give that gift away and start letting it influence and impact other people, amen? And so that's why step two of the growth track, man, it's so important because we help locate that, right? Life brings true meaning. You have true fulfillment when you start to connect with that and use it. And those of you guys that are doing this, 
or have experienced this before, you know there's no greater joy than using your gifts to bless somebody else. Right? Like, like seriously, yeah. There's no amount of money that compared to that inward fulfillment of like, yeah, I didn't do it for the money. I, I don't do it for the status or the fame. I do it because I'm called to do it, and it's in me, and I, I need to get it out of me because it's for somebody else. Right? That's when life really come, becomes fun. Right? We say it around here all the time. Church becomes fun when you stop coming for yourself. Amen? It really does. A lot of times there's a season of just consuming to get at a certain spiritual base to get back on track or be restored. But, but after a while, if we don't get going, if we don't get busy, if we don't get working, we, we can start to shrivel up on the vine so we can get stale in our spiritual walk. So if you're here today, you're like, man, I've been a believer for 30 years. But I just feel like my relationship with God is dry or it's stale or ah, I, just, I don't know what it is. I always, I always challenge anybody. I'm like, well, how are you using your gifts? I'll ask them, what are you passionate about? Well, I really love to see people connect when, when the dots go on. I'm like, oh my gosh, use that gift. Your life will be way more exciting. And you'll have way more fulfillment and purpose, right? Life becomes more fun when you stop living it just for yourself and start living it for others, right? And may we leave today knowing that your purpose will pull you towards people. And so just realize on the other end of your purpose, there's somebody. There's somebody's. There's... There's a child. Parents in the room, there's a child on the other end of your purpose. Watching, listening, seeing you lean into that purpose or not. There's a family member, somebody in your sphere of influence that's watching, waiting for you to step up into the pocket in that purpose. There's a, there's a neighbor that, man, needs you to just be on mission in your neighborhood, to be friendly, to invite them over to parties, to build relationships, build a bridge so that the gospel can go across that bridge. Amen? There's somebody waiting for us to lean into our purpose, a coworker, a business partner. Heck, there's even perfect strangers that you don't know yet, but guess who knows them? God does. And he needs you to intersect their lives and for you to be in your purpose, walking out, fulfilling your purpose to make an eternal impact. Now, when you work that purpose, it's going to pull you to people, and that's a beautiful beautiful thing. But the other thing I believe it's really important for us to understand about working our purpose is this number two. If we love God, we are to serve others with our purpose. All right, this one kind of challenged me this, this week because I, I encounter a lot of people on a daily, weekly basis that, that claim to love God. How many of you guys, just to be honest, you'd say, hey, I'm giving it my best. I love God. Like, let me see a show of hands. I mean, hopefully all of our hands are up, right? I love God. A lot of people say that they love God, but they don't do anything with their gifts or their purpose. And the revelation that dropped in my spirit this week as I studied God's word was, it don't work like that. It's a both and. If we love God, we will serve other people with our purpose. We can't love God, but just be selfish with it. We, we're limited in our impact, our influence, and even our Christian walk is, is short-circuited, right? As I was studying for this message, it, it was, the Holy Spirit's like, it's a both and. I was like, well, then show it to me. I need, I need to see it in your word. He's like, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. And so I want to look at a passage of scripture here in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. It's kind of near the end of the gospel, John. Give you a little context of what's happening here in scripture. Jesus had already died on the cross. He had already risen from the grave, and he was already revealing himself to a bunch of people, 500. He was walking through walls. Remember that? Like, the disciples were like, how did he get in? He just walked through a wall. Pretty cool. Sorry. I, I think like that. It's random. 
He hasn't ascended to heaven yet, okay? So he's he's revealing himself. Peter and some of the other disciples that were like Jesus' boys, they went back to fishing for fish. Things got tough. Our dude's dead. Um, What did we used to do before he called it? Yeah, we fish. So let's just go back and do that, right? So they're fishing, and they kind of dropped their purpose to fish for men for a little bit and started fishing for fish again, all right? They got a little off track of their God-given purpose there, right? And they went out one night to fish, and... (laughs) They, they claim to be great fishermen, but every time I see them in Scripture, they're not catching much. I don't know what lure they're using or if they're not watching the right shows or, like, whatever, or fishing for the right things. But they went out all night, and they hadn't caught anything. And so they're coming in kind of discouraged, and they see from afar off on the shore, they see a man standing there. And later we find out it's Jesus as they get closer. And he calls them and says, hey, do you have anything to eat? I love it. It's a rhetorical question. Here he knows. They got skunked. You got anything to eat? They're like, no, no, we didn't catch anything. He said, hey, why don't you uh, throw your nets over to the right side of your boat? And they do that, and they haul in so much fish that it starts to sink both boats. Side note, if you're a fisherman here and you have not caught anything, cast off the right side of your boat. I I just feel like in my spirit, like it worked really good for Jesus multiple times in the Gospels. Some of y'all fishing off the left the whole day. You're like, didn't get anything. She's like, fish off the right. Again, it's not guaranteed, all right? So don't, don't hold me to that. But. And so, so they finally get their nets in, and then they're like, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. What's he doing? Holy cow, he's risen. This is amazing. This is the third time that Jesus revealed himself to his disciples. Like, didn't they understand he's alive? Like, and so Peter, you know, in his amb- ambition, he jumps into the boat and swims. But like, if the camera like zoomed in, the boat was like right there. Like the rest of the guys just kind of rowed in. Like, I don't know why you got all wet, but it was Peter, right? So, so he ran in there and Jesus had breakfast all prepared on the shore. He had some fish. He had a, he had a fish filet sandwich. Amen. It wasn't a Chick-fil-A sandwich, but it's probably pretty good. Pretty close, right? It's Jesus. And, and then he begins after breakfast to have this conversation with Peter. This conversation that many of us are familiar with and know, and we, we get different things out of it, but I really want to read this together and lean into maybe something fresh or some, a new angle of it. So starting in John chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said it to him a third time. You, yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Now, many of us know this passage. If you even read in your Bible or even in your Bible app, the heading might be Jesus restores Peter. Right? Like that's the, uh, and here's the cool thing about it. Jesus does restore Peter, right? But now, you guys know a little bit about Peter. Before Jesus was crucified, Peter was like, no, I'm going to stand with you, Jesus. I will never forsake you, even to death. And Jesus predicted and foreshadowed, no, you will. You will do something. And as we know, in the moments as he was leading up to the crucifixion, three times Peter denied even knowing Jesus. He misses the boat and his purpose big time. How many times did Jesus, or Peter deny Jesus? How many times did Jesus ask the question, do you love me? Powerful. Full circle redemption here. Three opportunities to undo the three wrongs that just happened days before. God is still in the restoration business, amen? 
If you feel like you've missed it, if you feel like you've blown it, if you feel like you're not living in your purpose, that walking in your purpose, if you've rejected God, you push God out of your life or your schedule or whatever or as a priority, my goodness, Jesus is saying, do you love me? Because I still love you. But I don't want to lean into that because even in this, I, I think we, we need to understand all throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus came for people. Jesus loves people. He came to seek and save people. He came to love people and for us to take that love and love other people as well. He says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And what, what Jesus' response is, is, is revelation here. He says, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Some of you are like, did he call Peter to become a farmer and take care of animals? No. The lambs and the sheep were referring to people. People on the other end of Peter's purpose. He said, take care of them, protect them, feed them. Do something with the purpose that I've given you, Peter. He calls out the gold in Peter. He said, Peter, you're better than this. Peter, I love you. I know you love me, but prove it. Show me by your actions. He doesn't say, cool, just keep telling me you love me. He says, go feed my sheep. Basically, what Jesus is saying, essentially to Peter, he says, if you love me, get involved in other people's lives. Amen? If we love God, we will get involved in other people's lives. We'll put other people's lives even before our own conveniences sometimes. We'll love. We'll serve people that we don't feel like serving. We'll give generously to people that we don't feel like deserving. We'll be like Jesus to other people if we truly love God. This challenged me to the core, right? Because Peter's real purpose was not to catch slimy fish, but to catch men be a fisher of men. And Jesus restores him to that. And he says, get back on track. Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, love my sheep. Protect my sheep. Be about the people that I've called you to be about. And you will reconnect with your purpose. Peter, work that purpose. Amen? That's what I'm hearing from the Lord in this scripture here. Don't tell me that you just love me. Show me. And it sounds a lot like love God, love me, and love people, which we also get in Scripture, what Jesus said, which is like the golden rule, right? Matthew 22, 37 through 39. I want to read it in the message translation for you all because this is great. It says, Jesus, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence, all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, right? This is the most important, the first on any list, but there's a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself these two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs on them. Love God and love people. Love God and serve people. Love God and help people. If you want to grow in your faith, then make the decision that, Lord, I'm going to serve other people. Amen? If we want to grow, if we want to continue to grow spiritually, this is a mature Christian act of serving others and not just staying in the consumer-only mentality. Because here's the deal. Christianity was never intended to be a spectator sport. It was not. Christianity or following Jesus is not a passive invitation. I don't know if you guys have figured this out yet. Although our culture has made it one to where you can do that. Jesus said... He never said, come follow me and I'll make you good church attenders or sermon listeners or podcast listeners. He never said, come follow me, but from a distance, online only. 
Any of your PJs with no service outflow in your life. Jesus did say, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men, a.k.a. come follow me and I'll teach you how to serve others with your purpose. I'll teach you how to serve others with your purpose. Follow me and I'll make you and I'll help you work that purpose. Someone say work that purpose. It's so much better for you, so much better for me, and so much better for everybody when we work our purpose and we, we use our gifts and we use the purpose that God's implanted in us to make a difference. Because how many of you guys know, I've learned this, I've been in plenty of sporting events and I've seen, I've coached plenty of teams and all that. Spectators can get squirrely. Can't they? Spectators can get, I'm sitting in a lot of bleachers lately. I got Eli and Vincenzo on the front row here. Uh, we've been watching their third and fourth grade football team dominate this year. Amen. What are you guys, 8-0, 6-0, 7-0, something like that? They've won two rounds of the playoffs. They're in the final four, and they're going, and it's awesome. But as you, go, as you know, like younger sports specifically, and this is no disrespect, but you watch, like when, when you're in the game, you're dialed in. When you're, on the, when you're on the sideline or the bench, it can get really hard to focus, especially with little kids, right? Like, shoot, I look over there, and the kids are, like, hiking water bottles and, you know, kicking things. And coach is like, hey, hey, get your head in the game. Right? Like, spectators can get really squirrely really quick. And the crowd, we think we can throw the pass better than the quarterback threw it. We can make the call that the ref called better or right. We get real squirrely real quick. Why? Because we get bored. Right? We get checked out. We start thinking about things that are not focused in on our purpose or our task at hand. And as silly and simple as this is in the sports arena, this translates so much over into the Christian arena as well, right? The same thing can happen to Jesus followers if we're not engaged and we're not in the game, right? If we're just sitting on the bench consuming, right? We can get bored. We can get restless. We can get, I know a lot of Christians will get real cynical and critical of every good thing going on because they're not in the game. They're just spectating from the stands, Right? Here's what God's saying today. Don't get squirrely. Get in the game. Get in the game because the cool thing about God's kingdom is there is no first string, second string, starters, more bench people. Everybody's invited on the field. Come on. You guys understand that? There's a place for everybody on the field all at the same time. You don't have to wait your spot. You don't have to beat somebody else in practice. You just need to be you who God's called you to be and work your purpose. And God is glorified, you're fulfilled, and other people get blessed. Amen? That's how God designed it to work. And so we need to work that purpose. And just real quick as we close today, if you've gotten sidetracked from your purpose, or maybe like Jonah we studied a few months ago, you've literally ran from your purpose. Like you know what God's called you to do, and you're like, no, heck no. Or you feel like you've just blown it in life, you've just sinned or missed up, messed up or whatever, and just feel like, I don't even know if it's worth it for me to get back on track for my purpose. May you learn from Peter's example. Maybe you feel like Peter here today. Jesus came to him and asked him three times, do you love me? And gave Peter an opportunity to confess and get back on track with the purpose in his life. God can restore that dream. God can restore that purpose. God can resurrect. He makes dead things come alive. He's really good at it. He's the best person I know that's good at that. Something that was once dead and now is alive. His resume is loaded with it. And so don't give up on the purpose that God has called you to work because 
You're called to work that purpose. Your, your life will be miserable. You, you, there's no amount of money, vacation homes, stuff, designer clothes that you can ever have that would fulfill you more than working out your purpose. And none of that you can take to heaven with you. But the people, the souls, remember, your purpose will pull you towards people. We get to take people with us to heaven. That's it. And so it really challenges me. I, again, I know this is a heavy, a heavy word, but as we are like, what's next, Lord? I think we can all step up and step out in a fresh new way, whatever that looks like for us practically. And what does that look like to serve other people, to, to work that purpose in our lives? And it's a beautiful thing because God calls us to do it together. And as I was reflecting on that, that's us personally. But as we all do this together individually, it helps spill out into the life of the church corporately. Like I've been praying and asking God boldly, like what would it look like that every person that came through the doors from this point forward took growth track all the way through and actually got mobilized in their purpose? Like what kind of church could that be? What kind of atmosphere would that be? What kind of blessing would God be doing in the lives of the people of that church? You know, we're blessed here. We have really good engagement here. We're, we're not a huge church. And so a lot of people are engaged in it, right? You know, about 50% of our weekly attendance is on a serve team. But not everybody who call a live home come every week. The statistics are 25% of people that call a church home actually come on a Sunday. So to so put that in perspective, we've got like 25 to 30% of all of a live family church that is on a serve team. And the Lord was like, what if that was 60%? What if that was 75%? What if that was 80? What, what would 95, what would 100% of people that call a live family church home that are mature believers that grow in their faith and learn how to get saved and get going and get delivered and get, get into their purpose and discover that purpose and make it home and get the right soil and people around them and start using their gifts and serving others. What would that church look like? get so excited. I don't know about you guys. That church would be alive. That church would be something to be excited about every single week. That's something I'd want to invite my family members and my friends to. That'd be something I want to commit to. That'd be something I want to go out of my way to help serve. And God said, why not a live family church? I said, amen to that, Father. Amen to that. What would it look like? Church isn't something to go to. Church is something to be a part of. Church is something to be. We are the church. And Christians, Christ followers, use their gifts and their purpose to reach others. Amen. So let's pray today and just ask the Holy Spirit and the Lord to just work in our own hearts. Whatever this means personally for us, whatever our next step is, may we respond in faith to this and get excited about this next season that the Lord's leading us all into individually, but also corporately. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and we just thank you for purpose. We thank you that you created us on purpose for a purpose. We're not just taking up space because we're just here. We're here for a reason. And I thank you by your Holy Spirit that you continue to reveal our God-given purpose, our gifts, our graces that are upon our lives. But Lord, thank you for a healthy challenge this morning to not just know about them, but to work them, to do something with that purpose, with those gifts. Father God, we pray for the courage and the boldness to take a step of faith whether it's taking growth track and saying, you know what, I'll do it. Whether it's making it all the way through to step three, whether it's joining the team, whether it's being more active in our faith outside of Sundays in this experience, whatever it would be, Father God, we wanna work our purpose because there's people on the other end of it. There's lives, eternities in the balance, healing and breakthrough and 
testimonies that are still yet to happen and our lining up and leaning into our purpose helps make a difference in somebody else's life. Lord, show us that, minister that to us as we go from today. Lord, may that burn in our hearts today. Life becomes more fun when we live it, not for ourselves, but for others. And so Father God, thank you for the people you've called us to reach. Thank you for the gifts you've given us to serve and build your church and and be your light in this community, Father God. We pray for the courage and the boldness to be obedient to Holy Spirit, what you're speaking to our hearts in this moment. And we know that, Lord, we'll be blessed when we were obedient to what you call us to do. And so, Father God, we thank you that the best is yet to come. What's next? Serving others with our gifts and our purpose. What's next? A church so alive, so vibrant with life, so teeming with life, Lord God, that nothing can stop what God is doing at that place. Father God, we thank you so much for the vision. And we now thank you for the provision and the courage and the natural, Lord God, to take steps of faith in our own personal journeys to line more up with what you have for us. Lord, thank you for calling us and gifting us. We thank you for our time together. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody greets that. Amen. Amen. So be it. God is faithful, isn't he? And he's got purpose for us. So don't be scared of your purpose. Embrace it and lean into it. Amen. I want to close service just real quick. I never like to end service without an invitation, with an opportunity. If you're here and you don't know Jesus personally, Again, your number one sole purpose in life is to have a personal relationship with God and be loved by him first, amen? None of this other stuff of what am I doing and how am I gifted, it all starts from him, he's the source. He's the one that gives the purpose and the gifts, amen? And if you've never connected with the Lord personally, maybe you've been to church, maybe you've been more of a religious type person, that's okay, but hey, that doesn't get us to heaven, just a personal relationship with Jesus does. So if we can confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, the Bible said we would be saved. The other cool thing I love about Jesus is Jesus worked his purpose so that we could find our purpose. How many of you guys know he, in the garden, he said, if there's any other way, God, if you could just wave a wand and save the world, instead of nailing me to a tree, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Jesus fulfilled his purpose to a T that you and I could discover our purpose and then begin to work our purpose. It all starts with a relationship with Jesus. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes with me just as we close today? If you're here today and you wanna be included in a prayer I'm about to pray to receive Jesus maybe for the first time, or maybe you wanna rededicate your life both here in person and online, this is for you as well. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and you'd like to say, you know what? I need to receive Jesus. I need to get my main purpose straight. I'm gonna receive him as Lord and Savior. Would you just slip up your hand real quick so I know who I'm talking to, ministering to, and online, would you reverence this moment as well? Would you guys all join me as I pray this prayer and just pray this from your heart, knowing that God hears you and he's coming in in a powerful way. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord, as my savior. Jesus, come into my life, change me, show me my purpose and help me work my purpose for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So be it, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.